John and I'm Adam and this is backwash on spy music as you may know my car is old (laughs) and I can't play music from my phone so um, I'm reduced to listening to terrestrial radio or playing CDs which I haven't purchased since 2005 yeah Oh, yeah. So I'm very familiar with the music of my youth. That's all you have. That's all you've got available. Yeah. Yeah. And in my youth, I decided to collect soundtracks. Mm. I have a 128 CD case logic full of soundtracks, many of which I I don't listen to. Uh, Like four rooms. Why did I buy the soundtrack to Four Rooms other than, oh, wow. oh it's a Tarantino film. Well, Oh, Robert Rodriguez directed a quarter of it. I, I don't know why I own it. I'm probably the only person on planet Earth that owns a physical copy of the Four Rooms soundtrack. I don't even know what's on that. That wasn't, was that during, his, I mean, is that a strong soundtrack of his? He has strong soundtracks. That doesn't seem like it's one of them, though. It's a... <laughs> It's a soundtrack that I own. (laughs) Anyway, the other day I was looking for something to listen to while driving, and I pulled out the soundtrack to uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, the Pierce Brosnan Bond film. The classic, yeah. And it's there's only one song on that soundtrack worth listening to, which is Moby's remix of the James Bond theme. Yeah, the original. Listening to it in 2019, one, it could be tighter. Uh, it runs a, a little long. And two, uh, listening to it led me down this path of uh, thinking about music for spy films as a genre. Yeah, so, you know, I listen to Moby's remix and I think about, oh, Moby is also the uh, Moby is also associated with the Jason Bourne films. Yeah, the opening and closing, usual. Um, per Wikipedia, for the first two Bourne films, the original version of Extreme Ways was used during the closing credits. It's always Extreme Ways from his only successful album. Uh, oh, was and that then on, was that on play? <laughs> is that that? Uh, yeah, play. play. Play plays the one, the one where he's doing a skateboard trick on the cover, a kickflip, I think. Yeah. So for the first two Born films, Born Identity, Born Supremacy, uh, the original album version of Extreme Ways plays during the closing credits. A new version, Extreme Ways (parentheses Born's Ultimatum) was recorded for the Born Ultimatum. They had to spice it up. Yeah. Another version, Extreme Ways (parentheses Born's Legacy) was recorded for the fourth film, the Jeremy Renner one. Is there a, can you tell a difference between any of them? I've only ever seen the Bourne films once, okay. so 
I know that Extreme Ways always plays over the closing credits. You know when you hear um, that string sound or whatever it is, that whatever, you know that song. Right. And then Moby recorded another version, uh, Extreme Ways, parentheses, Jason Bourne, for the fifth Bourne film. So there are... Okay, yeah, so, yeah. so the first two films, it's the album version. That's version one. Yeah. And then there's a version two for the what well, was supposed to be the end of the trilogy yeah and there's a version three for the renner film and then there's a version four for the the return of what's the word the mulligan yeah he comes back so <laughs> moby does bond moby does born and moby's also on the soundtracks to triple x the vin the vin diesel film as well as triple x2 the ice cube one does he do a remix at all of the mission impossible just to go for broke uh no okay but moby's in there he, he's like he likes the spy genre yeah so so let's talk about spy music i can't describe how it sounds it sounds dangerous it can sound seductive but you know it when you hear it and it's it's interesting how Spy films are their own musical genre. Yeah, when you say the when you say spy music, people inevitably get something in their head. They can hear a thing. You know what it sounds it, like. Is it is it the only film genre? Like I was thinking horror, but uh, it's harder to. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, you think of comedy, you think okay, maybe Benny Hill or <laughs> the Curb Your Enthusiasm. Sure. Uh, tuba, uh, but. Even that is sort of more amorphous. But with, with spies, um, you know, Mission Impossible, Bond, Mission Impossible, The Saint, mm -hmm. Secret Agent Man, The Pink Panther. It's very consistent. <laughs> yeah, there's a sound for sure. Well, obviously lends itself to like orchestral pieces. So, you know, a lot of a lot of things start to kind of blend and sound the same just because you're using an orchestra and the instruments are kind of the same. Like the Bourne soundtrack, feels a little bit more modern than like the Bond soundtrack or Bond theme songs, stuff like that. Cause that sounds more sixties, seventies. Yeah. But the beats they hit are, are very are similar. similar. Yeah. Right. I know like with scores, they are updated for the times. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so the Bond theme, all, all this information I'm about to dump is via Wikipedia. So it may or may not be accurate. The Bond theme is different from the 007 theme. Yeah, they're two different so, things. So the James Bond theme is the main signature theme of James Bond films. I have to be honest, I the first Bond film I've seen or I ever saw was Tomorrow Never Dies. I've never seen a Bond film before that. So Still, not even Golden To this day? Yeah. Wow. So it's from Tomorrow Never Dies on. Wow. And so I assume this James Bond theme is the one at the beginning where he, he, he shoots the, the screen. Yeah. It's the one that Moby remixes. Yes. Okay. Whereas the 007 theme is an adventure theme composed for From Russia With Love that became a secondary theme. Yeah. For yeah it's interwoven in scenes more or less than the theme. So I, I don't know what this theme is. You, you don't know? You didn't play it at all? <laughs> If, it, if it's not a James Bond theme, that that Moby, what is this 007 theme? You'd recognize it. You'd know. You'd know it if you heard it. Okay. You would associate it 100% with James Bond when you hear it. 
You just don't separate the two. For one, you probably confuse them as the same thing almost, but they're not. Okay. Yeah. And then David Arnold, who uh, scored um, more recent Bond films, or ha- uh, has scored, established what can be called the suspense motif, which is descending, often repetitive four-note motif that can be heard in all of the Bond films he has scored. Mm-hmm. Again, I have seen these films, and I don't know. I don't know what Wikipedia is talking about. You've you've done your research. I see. You read your research. You didn't listen yes. to the research. I'm mostly fascinated by. So we have three themes. We have the James Bond theme. We have the 007 theme. Mm-hmm. We have this suspense motif, and we have. <laughs> The other Bond themes, the ones that accompany the opening credits? Yes, the ones usually sang by a popular era of so the time. So when artist. we say James Bond theme, do you think of the opening credits songs or the song where that kicks off the opening credits? I think of the song when, or the, the, the theme music when he shoots the gun, you know, at the screen and gets things Okay. Started. Yeah, that's James Bond's theme. Now the movies okay. each kind of have their own theme song. Which is what the popular. It's confusing. You can't don't order. don't call it James Bond theme and then also have Bond themes. Right. It's a lot. All right. I'm I'm mostly interested in the the ones with lyrics, the Bond themes. Okay. Uh, that cool. accompany you know silhouettes and weird CGI. Um, well, that's a more recent Bond thing, but considering you've seen no old ones, then this is right. These are the ones you know. Yeah. <laughs> What happened in the old ones? Is it just like dancers, uh, like no, kaleidoscope? I mean, there's people who sang. There's people who sang songs too in the same like Shirley Bassey okay. or what? I mean, there were yeah. ones that were sung. There's a Goldfinger song. There's old. I mean, it's in a tradition of, but I don't think they all have that. Or maybe like Shirley Bassey was like Diamonds Are Forever. I mean, they all have kind of one in some of the more recent ones, but. It, so like it, it's tradition into the trip yeah into the trivia um live and let die was the first bond bond theme to be nominated for an oscar okay is this the wing song that goes like da 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 uh was that did they do one i guess i didn't know wings did one it's paul paul, paul, paul mccartney and wings live and let die i'm if it's that song, I, I hate that song. Okay. That just happens to have the same. Well, what, what do I know about Wings songs? Okay. I just know that there's a Wings song that's really annoying. And he, oh, da, 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 da. Actually, that might be it. Let me see. Oh, I think geez. it is, actually. It's it's a terrible song. It sh- <laughs> that's it. It is. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway. So, so good job, Paul. Uh, so, the Wings song was the first Bond theme to be nominated for an Oscar. But it wasn't until Skyfall... Yes. That a Bond theme won an Oscar, which is kind of mental. Uh, and then Sam Smith subsequently won an Oscar for the Spectre song. Yeah. So are, are these like makeup Oscars or radio? Is, is, are, are just like original songs for films just bad <laughs> nowadays? So you'd say you don't like any of these 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 tracks like because admittedly I, I, the radiohead one's really bad that didn't get used for specter that, that's well, a bad well, song well, well, yeah we'll discuss the radiohead one later i i'm just thinking like there are iconic bond songs that didn't win oscars and now in this it's only until this decade that that 
we've begun acknowledging. It, wa- it wasn't until this <laughs> this decade that it, that we began acknowledging. There is a trend of the title being jammed into the song. So I well, <laughs> so it makes you wonder if these are tracks that are just off to the side and they can kind of make work or if well, you know, you know a lot of like a, a, a lot of popular songs feature the the name of the song in in the song. Well, sure. Like Purple Rain is, you know, I I I wouldn't hold jamming this the the title into the song. Okay. Um, trivia the Look of Love was the first song from any Bond film to be nominated for an Oscar six years before the the Wings song. Okay, and so this is a Bond film that wasn't produced by the Broccoli family. Okay, I think there are four like knockoff Bond films. I don't know how they happen, but um, they exist. Yeah, there's always like weird things when it comes to the rights of Bond that happen occasionally. So I think those are. Those are the fillers. Going through the Bond themes, lyrics, you have Shirley Bassey numerous times. Mm -hmm. And then you just have this parade of odd choices. (laughs) Tom Jones, Wings, Lulu, Carly Simon, Sheena Easton, Rita Coolidge, Duran Duran, Aha, (laughs) uh, Sheryl Crow. Yeah. Uh, Garbage. uh, Garbage. Madonna, okay, Chris Cornell, <laughs> Jack White, and Alicia Keys. I gotta be um, honest, I don't know if I even remember that one at all. And seeing that on the list here, obviously, some of these artists reflect the time, right? Duran Duran was huge in in the eighties. You can you um, can almost pinpoint when the movie came out based on looking at some of the artists here. You can almost be like, I know exactly when that came out. Right, and I, I just wonder, like, how do they decide who? To sing the song because some of these choices are are questionable like of all the people you could choose you choose chris cornell yeah i don't know or are, like are they getting turned down is chris cornell like their 10th choice is what's the rank list and who who's the person who just says fine i'll do it i mean madonna's a big get that's a huge get for die another day admittedly a very awful song but you know adele was perfect that made sense, v- very much so. But <laughs> Jack White and Alicia Keys, like I garbage. Said, the, the garbage one is not good either. Did Albert Broccoli really like Take on Me? <laughs> you know, I, I I need Aha for the. I need Aha. We need him. We we can't have anybody else. What do they want for this? How many zeros does this check need? And going through the list of artists whose Bond themes were rejected, I think it's a more formidable lineup. You have Johnny Cash, Brian Wilson, mm-hmm. Blondie, Pet Shot Boys, Pulp, Radiohead. <laughs> they're turning down they're turning down Johnny Cash and Brian Wilson and Radiohead for <laughs> Though, for for Aha and, and and Garbage and Chris Cornell. These seem like committee picks and I don't know Who's got the poor taste, I guess. I have to say, the only one I'm really even familiar with song-wise on there that I've actually heard and know is the Radiohead one. The rest of them, I don't know if I've heard the tracks. I couldn't tell if they're any good. But uh, Trivia. Tomorrow Never Dies included Katie Lang's Surrender during the closing credits, the song which was originally proposed to be the title sequence theme instead of the Sheryl Crow song. I don't remember that. So <laughs> we could have had 
Duran Duran, Aha, Katie Lang, and Garbage. <laughs> a song titled Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, sung by Shirley Bassey, was originally slated to be the title, to be the theme song of Thunderball. It was re recorded by Dionne Warwick, mm. but Albert Broccoli insisted the theme song must include the film's title. See? Uh, they love having that title in there. And and also decided the lyrics should not start before the film's title. So Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was replaced by Thunderball by Tom Jones. So okay, so how do you work in Thunderball into a song? Ooh, and two Yeah, and two, the lyrics should not start before the film's title. So you got the first word has to be Thunderball. <laughs> That's one of the harder ones, actually. That some of these other ones, I could see how you could at least make it work. Right. I don't know, Moonraker. And are you Moonraker? Yeah. Like uh, it, <laughs> his daughter has been more lax because imagine these rules with like Skyfall or Spectre, right? There is um, a lot of crooning of the word Skyfall in that song, though. Right. Right. But I mean, um, the Spectre song is not called Spectre. No. It's just writings on the wall. Yeah. No, they're certainly a little bit more lax. I think from a song standpoint, I think they'll be a little bit looser moving forward. But So I, I think of the the Bond wards uh, or governing body as old, conservative. Very white know, dude. Major league, base, major league Baseball. Okay. And on the other hand is... Yeah. The Mission Impossible people. Yeah. Uh, who I think of as the NBA. Yeah. Like uh, they're playing a lot more fast and a lot more loose. Right, right. So look at look at who has covered the Mission Impossible theme for the films. Uh, first film, U two. Well, the two irrelevant members of U two. But Yeah, Edge and uh, Bonnet. Yeah. You too. This is a big thing in the 90s, right? Let's remix spy themes. So Moby for Bond and Adam Clayton and Larry Bullen Jr. for Mission Impossible. Yep. And then second film, the Mission Impossible themes melodies form the basis for Limp Bizkit's Take a Look Around. Yeah. Um, which I will defend as a good song. Um, you know, it's very of the time. Again, you can tell when the movie was Right, released. right. Yes. Uh, but, I mean... Mission Impossible is choosing Limp Bizkit, where Bond is choosing garbage. On the rock side of things. Yes. Yeah. So, what's more? I fun? mean, it, definitely. If you want to, if you want to try to like match them up, Mission Impossible it was like '95. Uh, GoldenEye, GoldenEye was '96. GoldenEye chose Tina Turner, I think. Mm-hmm. And Mission Impossible's Mission Impossible chose pop era YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. And then Limp Bizkit, and then third film, Kanye West and John Bryan created a remix. I don't, uh, oh, this is just over the credits. I thought um, Kanye did a, like a proper theme, but. Um, just a remix. It was just a remix. And that's where it stopped. I wish, I wish Tom Cruise had continued farming the theme out to artists of the time. It's able to be reinterpreted. Right, so like. Of ways. It's, it lends itself really well to a lot of different options so like tiesto created a dance remix of the theme to promote ghost protocol but it wasn't part of the film and then says japanese guitarist miyavi covered the theme to promote rogue nation it's not proper it's not part of the film you know, you had U2, you had Limp Bizkit, you had Kanye, and, and it just stopped after yeah, the third th- Those were in... Right. 
you sat in the theater and you heard those songs there. The other ones, yeah, no, yeah. you did not. Yeah. So, petition to Tom Cruise to, you know, who, who would do it now? It would be... Yeah, yeah, who would you get to have done the last one? Oh, gosh. Only Limp Bizkit covered it with lyrics, right? Do you just want, like, a instrumental cover, or do you want... I don't know. It'd be pretty hokey to get somebody to do it with lyrics. Do you want Imagine Dragons, right? Oh, God, that's what it would be, wouldn't it? <laughs> Trivia. The Mission Impossible theme... For the Mission Impossible theme, Lalo Schifrin started from the Morse code for M-I, which is dash, dash, dot, dot. If a dot is one beat and a dash is one and a half beats, then this gives a bar of five beats, exactly matching the underlying rhythm. Oh, I had, uh, I had no idea if that's... Yeah, the 5-4 time signature. That's clever. The more you know. Mm. This is verbatim from Wikipedia. Uh, Russian ethnic band Bugatok recorded a Russian recorded a Russian language rap song with ethnic Siberian instruments based on "Take a Look Around." Mm. So based um, on and, the Limp Biscuit version. Yeah, okay. and "Empty Spaces" by Pink Floyd. <laughs> okay. So look, look out for that. Is it? I wonder if it's on Spotify. Secret Agent Man. You're familiar with that song? Yes. I'm I'm familiar um, from Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. Yeah. Another soundtrack I own. Blues Traveler covered it. <laughs> Very much of the time. Um, the most famous recording of Secret Agent Man was by Johnny Rivers for the opening credits of the American broadcast of the British spy series, Danger Man. Okay. And then in 2000... An updated version recorded by Supreme Beings of Leisure was used for the opening credits of the UPN series Secret Agent Man. So Secret Agent Man is one of the few songs to have been used for the opening credits of more than one unrelated series. It works on a broad spectrum. Yes. Or it's allowed to anyways. A Secret Agent Man was also recorded by Bruce Willis. <laughs> really? On his album, The Return of Bruno. Oh, yes. Yeah. The sound opens with the sound of a car door being open and closed, footsteps, and a single gunshot. So, uh, wow. It sounds like uh, Death Wish, right? It sounds awful. Uh, the Pink Panther. Everyone knows the Pink Panther theme. And well, like what we were talking about, um, it's been updated um, at, uh, for the times. Mm -hmm. So, in the 1978 Revenge of the Pink Panther, the theme uh, drew heavily from disco. And in 1983's Curse of the Pink Panther, uh, it had more electronic sounds incorporated. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm, it's I'm adaptable of, to the time right, as well. Right, right. And I'm thinking of Pink Panther remake in 2019. It's some trap song. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's rapping over the theme. Like, give it to Migos, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. In 1983's Son of the Pink Panther, the theme was performed a cappella by Bobby McFerrin. Because 1993, I guess. Okay. Yeah, that might be a little uh, late for him, but yeah. when's Don't Worry Be Happy? When, when, when did that come out? Um, for the 2006 reboot, Paul Oakenfold remixes. So, okay. <laughs> and trivia Charlie's Angels dance to the Pink Panther theme in Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. Okay. So you have spy crossover. Yeah. Spy spy music crossover. Okay. Um, Does Charlie Angels have a theme? Yeah, Charlie's Angels has a theme song. Oh, okay. It's it's not. It doesn't sound like spy music. Oh, okay. 
but it was composed by the same person who composed Nine Courts theme song. Oh, sweet. <laughs> and and that that is like, yeah, top five. And we didn't mention um, Austin Powers. I was reading about Austin Powers. You can't really discuss Austin Powers before the second film because the first film no one saw in theaters and it only became popular as a rental. Um, I mean, I saw it in the theater, but... Oh, sorry. Okay. Did, you, did you also see Spy, uh, Spy Hard, the Leslie Nielsen film? Uh, not in the theater, but I've so definitely seen I it. I saw that one in the theater. Well, so. that's a better one to see <laughs> but, in the theater. Yeah. But yeah, Austin Powers was a small film, and so the music is not worth talking about until the second film, which contains the second film soundtrack, Spy Ushagni, contains the song beautiful stranger by madonna uh, you yeah. know i totally forgotten about this song like this was a hit song beautiful stranger yeah. um madonna was waffling in those years so so actually austin powers predated die another day by three years yeah so madonna was also you know in full moby mode <laughs> during the turn of the millennium and that's got that doesn't the second does the second Austin Powers have the Green Day track on it? Uh, I'm not sure. I think it does. But so Madonna produced two. This is like during her weird electronic phase. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, spacey song Austin Powers and have a spacey song James Bond. Mm -hmm. And the Spy Who Shagged Me soundtrack sold. Well, well, the soundtrack was certified platinum in the USA. Sign of the times, yeah. Because I'm trying to think. Um, outside of um, "Beautiful Stranger," did people really like that? Uh, Just the two of us, Doctor Evil song. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Holy shit! Like I, I don't even own the Spy Who Shagged Me track. Then and who yet, was buying it? Because you bought everything. Yeah, like, in that right, right, yeah. Move on to what was the, th the third film? Was Goldmember? That was the Beyonce one, right? The Beyonce one. And so this is when Austin Powers went full commercial. And so Beyonce has a song on the soundtrack. Dr. Dre remixed Miss You by the Rolling Stones. Mm. Boys by Britney Spears uh, featuring Pharrell Williams was on the soundtrack. They, basically, they had money this time period. It, it, and had... all these Austin Powers pop hits, I have just forgotten. But... They were they were popular back. Then. They were popular back then. They were big, yeah. And Austin Powers appears in videos for the Madonna song and for the Beyonce song, <laughs> and it's just like it, they don't exist in 2019. Like this whole Austin Powers phenomenon just just Vanished. evaporated. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole subset of kids who probably are not interested or have any clue what the fuck it even is. Wow. Post that they they they're grew not, up with. They're not digging back for this one. Uh, well, they grew up with um, Spy Kids. Yes. Right. <laughs> Trivia for the the Spy Kids films. Los Lobos covered the Tito Puente song "Oye Como Va" as "Oye Como Spy." Oh my god! Which doesn't translate because "Oye Como Va" is. Listen how they come, and Oye Como Spy would be, listen how they spy. <laughs> Let's say the nuance, uh, they're, they're really forcing that one anyways. Uh, I also think it's wild that 
Robert Rodriguez just composed the score for the Spy Kids films himself. Like, like he's Billy Corrigan. I'm just gonna like. I'm gonna do it all. I can do it. It's all. it's his like Foo Fighters self titled right? Or or he's he's Dave Grohl and and he's doing everything. Every yeah, and well, to Dave Grohl's credit, at least he can play the other instruments. I, I'm not sure Robert Rodriguez should be probably doing everything, but hey. All right, that's it for this episode. You can catch me elsewhere at adamriff.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Zombieologist, and we'll see you in the next one. Life's just a life, just a moving really fast. Better stay on top of life, I'm kicking with the ass. Follow me into.